In Jesus' name, amen. In our reading for today from John chapter 2, when Jesus walks into the temple, he walks into a building that is very full. Uh, It's full of hustle and bustle, full of sights and sounds and smells, full of animals. We heard about the cattle and the sheep and the doves. The temple was full that day of sacrifices getting ready to be made. It was full of tables. We heard about those too, the tables that the money changers sat at as they collected their fees, the exchange rates for turning the Roman coins into Jewish ones to be used in the temple. The temple was full that day of people, many people who were looking to pad their pockets as they sold those animals at double, triple, sometimes quadruple the price to the out-of-town guests who were hard on their luck and needed to make a sacrifice but didn't have an animal of their own. The temple was full that day. It was full of pride, uh, full of selfishness. It was full of stuff. Uh, It was full of all of the wrong kinds of things. Uh, The people had made this house of the Lord all about them. It wasn't a place where you came to worship God anymore. It was a place to bow down in an altar called self. It wasn't about G-O-D. It was all about M-E, me. And because the temple was full of all of the wrong kinds of things, Jesus does the one thing that he needs to do. He empties it. He turns over the tables, he pours out the money of the money changers, he drives out the animals and the people with whips and cords. And some of us, maybe as we were reading it, we were cheering Jesus along. Uh, We were thinking, yes, Jesus, finally, do what you got to do. Don't let them do this to your house, Jesus. You show them who's boss. You show them whose home this, this really is. And maybe if we were there, we would like to think, that we would have been helping Jesus out, asking him, uh, which table do you want flipped over, Jesus? I got that one. Or do you need an extra whip? And uh, We can give you a hand with that. But before we uh, get too far ahead of ourselves, maybe we need to pause. Uh, because the truth is that the temple isn't the only thing that needs to be emptied. Sometimes we do, too. Some of us aren't all that different from the people at the temple that day. Maybe I should just speak for myself. I know that all too often, more than I'd ever care to admit, uh, life is all about me. I don't want to believe it. I would like to think I'm selfless, but I know it's true when I'm driving and I speed around the person on the highway and cut them off because they're not driving fast enough for me. (laughs) Again, I I don't want to think this way about myself, but but I see it clearly when when I am not willing to give up my time to help someone else who might be able to need it. Uh, I I know it's true when I find myself withholding the dollar bill from the homeless person on the street or from the offering plate so that I can spend that dollar later on me. I see it uh, all of the time when I've come to worship at different places and left frustrated because we weren't singing my favorite songs or worshiping in my preferred style, or because the programs weren't meeting my personal needs. It's all too obvious to me when I am honest with myself and I realize that I spend a whole lot of time thinking about what I need and what I want rather than about what my wife might want or my family might need or or my church 
might be helped by. See, sometimes I know that I need for Jesus to do to me what he did at that temple. I need him to empty me of my pride, of my selfishness, of all of the stuff that I filled my life with that has taken his place. You see, the, the, the truth is that Jesus wants us empty. He wants to empty you. He doesn't want you to stay that way, but he needs you to be emptied of all of that other stuff in your life, the pride, the selfishness, the sin, all of it, so that he can begin to fill you, fill you with his grace, fill you with his love, fill you with his mercy. And that part sounds nice, I think. Most of us would sign up for that. We want to be filled by Jesus. But, but let's remember that first comes the emptying, and that's not always easy, <laughs> It wasn't easy for the people in the temple that day as as Jesus poured out their livelihoods from their money jars. It wasn't easy as he flipped over their tables and drove out their animals. It was painful. It hurt. It cost them something. And the truth is, it's not going to be any different from us. Uh, Jesus needs to empty us. He's going to take things from us that we really, really like, things that we think are important to us, parts of ourselves that we would rather hold on to. Jesus is continuing to do his emptying work even today. It didn't end in the temple that day. He's, he's emptying us, not through whips and cords. He's not walking into your home. At least he hasn't come into mine and flipped over the tables. Instead, today, Jesus does it through his word, uh, through his law. And we heard some of those words today in the Ten Commandments that Jesus speaks to us in terms, and there are no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Jesus is speaking those commands to us to empty us, and he doesn't want us to be 90% empty or 99% empty. He wants us totally empty. And so he says things to us, we heard it today in the first commandment when he said, you shall have no other gods. He wants us completely empty of everything else that we are holding on to in our lives and putting above him. He wants to empty us of all of those things, sometimes even good things, that we have made into number one things. All of those things in our life that we are holding on to for ultimate security, ultimate hope, ultimate trust. Maybe it's our bank accounts. Maybe it's another person. Maybe it's ourselves and our pride. And, and Jesus is trying to empty us of those things so that he can fill us with himself. We hear those throughout the Ten Commandments. I'm not going to read them all for you now. But, but here's my challenge for you today. Uh, sometime, maybe this afternoon, maybe this week, to, to honestly go through those commandments. Uh, they're in your bulletin. And to honestly reflect on your life, to let those commandments do God's emptying work in your life. And as you go through each one, step by step, honestly reflect and think, what is God emptying me of in this command? Maybe it's the fourth commandment, honor your father and mother. And maybe Jesus is trying to empty you of your pride. He wants you to obey and honor and respect not just parents but all authorities. And maybe you need to be emptied of, of the part of you that thinks that I'm number one. Jesus wants us empty, not, not to leave us there, but so that he can fill us. But the emptying isn't always easy. I, w- I was thinking this week that, that many of us, just because of the, the culture and the society that we live in, uh, in this country where we have so much, most of us can probably think of someone whose life looks very full, but who we would guess is actually pretty empty on the inside. 
and we don't need to name names or give examples. We all know who some of those people are. Maybe they're people we know personally, or maybe they're people we just see on TV, but people who seem to have it all, who have all of the stuff, who, who get what they want and have more than they need, people who can brag and boast about cars and homes and all sorts of different things, people who boss others around and, and get what they want. All of us, I think, can think of someone pretty quickly uh, whose life looks full, but who is actually empty on the inside. Uh, this week, though, I, I've been thinking of someone that many of you know whose life looked empty, but was actually full, even overflowing. Uh, this week, for some reason, I've been thinking about uh, Bob Bandemer. Uh, some of you knew Bob. Remember here, he's now with the Lord. And I, I don't think Bob uh, would mind me sharing this. Uh, Bob, uh, by all outward appearances, by the time I knew him, his life looked pretty empty. Uh, he lived in a nursing home, and Gilda and Jojo and I would go to visit him. And he didn't have much that he could brag or boast about when we would meet, meet together. He couldn't talk about the car in his driveway or the big house he lived in. He, he lived alone in that nursing home. His life looked empty in other ways. Uh, he, he couldn't walk, at least that we ever saw. He was confined to a wheelchair, and someone would bring him and set him by the window in the morning and, and I'm guessing, would take him back to his room at night. Uh, Bob, uh, he couldn't talk all that much. He could communicate, but if I asked him his kids' names or where he was, some simple questions, his mind seemed to be slowly emptying from dementia, and it was hard to have a conversation with him. And, and so by all outward appearances, it seemed to me that Bob's life was very empty. Uh, but as I came to know him and spend time with him, I, I began to see how full Bob's life really was. Uh, first, we would meet with Jojo. He loved Jojo and, and would pet her for a little while. Uh, but then we would start to read the Bible together. I would read to him. I would pray for him. And then at some point, and I don't know still today if I was asking it for my own sake or for his sake, but I would say something like, Bob, do you know who your Savior is? Jesus, he'd answer. He had been filled. Now it was overflowing. It was coming out of him. And at another point, it would be time for communion. And so I would hold up that little wafer and a small little cup of wine, and I would say, Bob, do you know what this is? Because sometimes I wasn't sure. And he would answer again, it's Jesus, he would say. I would finish getting a few things ready. I might say another prayer. And by the time I, I looked up and looked at Bob, ready to, to give him his Lord's body and blood, uh, every single time, Bob would have his mouth wide open for me. And he was just waiting to be filled with Jesus. You see, Bob reminded me that he had a God, and, and so do you, who, who emptied himself on the cross. Jesus didn't claim anything as his own. All of the rights that he could have held on to as creator of the universe and the maker of the moon and the one who put the stars in the sky, God and Jesus laid all of that aside and he emptied himself on the cross. He gave everything for Bob and for you so that you and so that Bob might be filled. See, he was a reminder to me that even when our lives look empty, and today maybe your life feels very empty, but, but even when our lives look or feel empty, we are actually filled because we have Jesus. Or maybe better said, when we have Jesus, and all of us here today do, we are never empty. We have more than we could ever imagine. In Jesus' name, amen.